morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, run by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Selman G, also known as the CEO of Collecti Labs. And that's all we got for this morning. So I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Avalanche is adding nearly 50 million users to their blockchain after inking a new gaming partnership in India. BlackRock is set to launch a Metaverse ETF in 2023 as New York is reversing its stance on crypto, voting on a new bill allowing crypto payments throughout the state. Polygon has fired 20% of its workforce, while Chainlink and Solana are expanding their use cases for carbon credits. And with crypto Twitter in a fury over the Ripple versus SEC case, Going to the Supreme Court, we break down the details, showing our community what a Supreme Court ruling could mean for XRP and the future of crypto in America. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Johnny Crypto, you can see we got some breaking news for today as people are rumored to bring Ripple and the SEC to the Supreme Court. So we're going to get into it. But how you feel, my friend? Oh, man, that's going to be an epic court case. But nonetheless, I'm doing great. Abs, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Good morning to you, and good morning to uh, Summon's younger brother. Great to see that Summon's brother, younger brother was able to join us today. <laughs> great to have him. <laughs> but, Abs, yeah, I'm excited to hop into it. That should be some very, very interesting news today. Definitely, Johnny Crypto. And we got the CEO of Collecti Lab, Selman G, or at least his doppelganger is joining us. Very happy to have you joining us, Selman. How are you feeling, my friend? Thank you so much for having me, Abs. Hey, I look like a bully. I didn't realize that. Um, good morning, guys. Good afternoon and good evening, everybody. Get ready. Buckle up. Grab your coffee. Grab your tea because uh, we got some great news updates, as always. And uh, this time, you know, we'll see how the Ripple case will end. The Supreme Court sounds really exciting, and especially for me as a foreigner. Sup Supreme Court and all of that, it sounds very much like in the Hollywood movie. So let's let's dive into that, Apps. I want to yeah. say good morning to everybody, and let's start. Awesome, guys. And we're going to get the show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, up two basis points from yesterday, from a 58 to a 60. And let's check out some of the daily movers. Johnny Crypto, can you believe it? We've got CFX. Oh, those were old daily bubbles, actually. Today, we got ANKR up 47%, and the rest of the market is pretty much red overall. When we check out the total coin market cap, we're sitting at 1.11 trillion, three ones across the board, Roto. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 24,500. Ethereum, 1,600. XRP is 38 cents. Cardano is 39. Matic, 139. And let's scroll down to Avalanche, sitting just below $21 at $20.40. Johnny, we're going to do this quickly because I'm excited to talk about Ripple versus the SEC. What are some of the things that you're watching this morning? And how do you feel about Filecoin continuing to pump? I know you called that several months ago. Yeah, well, you know, I wish I wish it didn't pump, to be honest with you. I was still in the process of accumulating, and I wanted to get some more. Unfortunately, I had to stop buying at this point as it's starting to pump like crazy. It's up like 3x from where I was buying it. So it's one of those things now we just got to wait and see, you know, let it run off and see what happens where it comes back. Uh, if You know, I don't know if we'll see three bucks again. 
But yeah, look at that chart. That's crazy. Two hundred dollar chart. I'm also into gaming. Looking at you know, Gala is one of my favorite, and uh, I fumbled into Gala a little bit the other day. Again, I still feel at these prices, even though you know it's up off of its low, recent low of, of a one and a half, almost two cents. I still love Gala. Uh, I think it has a lot of potential. They just announced a um, not not just announced, but I think they just actually released the uh, the gaming. They have a gaming play now on mobile and so that's huge i know people love and it's kind of like candy crush and i know a lot of people like candy crush so i love gala and uh, i'll continue to accumulate that one right now thank you and i want to hear from Selman as well Selman, what are some of the projects that you're keeping an eye on during this bear market bitcoin touched twenty five thousand and got some solid resistance but i know if we get above that price mark we're set to take off so what are some of the things that you're watching and then we'll dive into the news layer ones uh plat like blockchains like um ethereum uh, Solana and obviously Polygon, very interesting blockchains. And we see that institutions are really going to these blockchains as well. And they have a huge active um, um, number count. So these are interesting. I'm looking into them. I'm not investing in anything at the moment, especially when there are many green candles. And I'm not investing in AI projects because I believe the train has left the station. I'm waiting until the market forgets. And then, you know, when we see great, um, technical, you know, structures, we can buy in again. But keep in mind, guys, when the narrative is an AI, next time, probably we won't see these massive gains for AI until the narrative is back. But the narrative is always moving to other things like gaming, to uh, uh, security, tokenization, and many, many different areas, right? So try to be one step ahead of the game. And, and uh, before the market starts talking about a certain project, you want to, you know, um already position yourself and invest in the projects where you might think okay the next the big narrative will be here um and that way you can make huge a lot of money but uh the research is important of course absolutely someone and when you talk about the evidence being right in front of us we're about to break that down but guys we got 207 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we're about to dive into how ripple versus the sec could head to the supreme court and what that could mean for crypto in the United States. But we're starting off with New York considering crypto payment as a method of payment. And I'm sorry, I, I started there. New York is considering crypto as a method of payment. And Johnny, we've been talking about this for quite a while. You'll remember just a couple of months ago, crypto banned all mining companies from operating in their state. Now they're quickly reversing their stance. So the state of New York is moving towards accepting a new bill that if passed would allow crypto to be used as a form of payment. This is huge for the Empire State in that it would put not only crypto back on the map, but it would also ensure that crypto, at least within New York, is utilized for the purpose it was created for. The bill states that this amendment, the state financial law in relation to allowing New York state agencies to allow cryptocurrencies as a form of payment. Each state agency is allowed to enter into an agreement with the persons to provide the acceptance by the offices of the state of cryptocurrency as a means of payment, fines, civil penalties, rates, and even taxes. This is some groundbreaking news, guys, because when we talk about adoption, the second the government wants their hands on this stuff is the second the 2025 bull market starts. And with New York now allowing you to pay your taxes in crypto, massively bullish for the industry, Johnny. What does it mean to you, my friend? Well, let me ask you this, Ebs. The first question that hit me when you put this article up is, which crypto are they talking about? So did they go into specifics? Like, in other words, are they, because to me, like, when they say crypto, I think they mean CBDCs. 
But if they're talking Bitcoin or Ethereum, then it's a little different. Do they? Point. So just to be clear, they did reference Bitcoin was the only crypto reference in the article. And when they were talking about it, they were using the volatility as an example as why it can't be used as a form of payment. They're saying if you paid with something for $50, Bitcoin's price could drop 10% by the time that transaction's approved. And then what does the user do? So that's kind of what they were debating. All right. So I'm, then they're talking most likely about it about either a stable coin or a CBDC. And there's no surprise there that you're going to start to see states talking about that. They're all going to start saying that uh, CBDCs are good. They're all going to, in fact, you know who he's just saying it? I just saw it yesterday. So Ray Dalio in his latest news not article, he's saying, oh, by the way, so he's talking about cash is trash and Bitcoin can't be cryptocurrency because it's too volatile. But he goes, oh, but a CBDC could be great. So again, you know what, Abs? Here it is, buddy. We've been talking, we're right again. We've been saying it on this show. This is what you're going to be hearing, and there it is. It's coming, and New York will be leading the challenge to say, oh, hey, look, CBDCs aren't such a bad thing. And by the way, they're going to classify that as cryptocurrency. You see what's happening here, right? Everybody's going to – cryptocurrency – CBDC is going to be synonymous with cryptocurrency. The way right now Bitcoin is synonymous with cryptocurrency. That's what's going to happen. So don't be fooled by this article. This is not a great – this is not great news because this is not most likely – like welcoming Bitcoin or XRP or something else. This is basically saying, hey, guys, get ready for CBDCs. Absolutely, guys. And we got 227 live listeners, guys. Show us some love and smash that like button. But Selman, somebody who doesn't live in the United States, what does it mean to you that New York is moving to accept crypto as a form of payment, not only for civil penalties and taxes, but you can be using it everywhere if they're talking about the adoption they reference in this article. So does that excite you? We know New York is the financial hub of the United States. Now, stable coins would be great, of course. You could liquidate some altcoins, and then, you know, if you want to pay your taxes and you need to make it very, you know, quickly, then obviously stable coins is perfect. But like, I'm asking myself, would anyone send over a Bitcoin or XRP or Ethereum to pay their taxes? I mean, it's kind of like you're liquidating your, um, your house, right? Uh, your real estate. To, to sell your taxes, you wouldn't do that. You would uh, rather go and and um, you know actually um, take a loan against it and then use it as a collateral and then basically you know pay your taxes. Th this is what the rich people do, and so this is just one of the many ways to pay your taxes, or you just simply pay with dollars or stable coins. And so I'm asking myself, who would actually go and liquidate their Bitcoin, their Ethereum? These are assets that will appreciate in the long run uh, most likely so I, I kind of feel like the option is great it, it will make people it will make it more convenient for people but i don't think a lot of people will use it plus the gas fees for bitcoin etc is just going to be too high so it makes sense to just use um busd that was a joke obviously uh they're like killing busd here in in new york but uh in general like tether uh, or usdc would be a great fit Johnny, another company just got regulatory approval in the United States for crypto services. That would be eToro receiving the free pass in New York. I just wanted to get some brief comments. This article coinciding with the eToro news. Is this major adoption we're seeing from New York or slow burn? Um, no, I mean, I think that this obviously New York has been very challenging. When you talk to New Yorkers, they've always said, you know, New York stinks. You know, tough to buy crypto in New York. So this is probably welcome news for at least folks who are looking to get into the crypto space because eToro is a, you know, is a, is a, is an exchange. So they're going to be able to, to buy some crypto now. So good for them. I'm glad to see that happening. We'll just have to, 
overall, it just sounds like New York is finally opening its doors to some degree to crypto as a whole. And that part is actually good news uh, in terms of what that ultimately is going to look like in the end for in terms of payment. I have a feeling I already know what the answer is going to be there, and that's probably bad news. But I'm glad to see eToro uh, has the ability to play in New York now. That's great news for New Yorkers. Absolutely, guys. And check out this groundbreaking news we have for the Avalanche Network. If you wanted a bullish catalyst this morning, we may bring it for Ripple, but this is undeniably massive news for the Avalanche Network as they are set to onboard over 50 million users with a new gaming partnership in India. So, Johnny, I wish we had NFT tones here. I'd love to hear his take on this. We'll have to ask him about it on Friday. Avalanche has announced in a recent tweet that Loco, India's largest esports gaming platform, will onboard over 50 million users to the Avalanche Network with the launch of a new NFT marketplace for gaming fans worldwide. The Indian streaming industry pioneer will increase Avalanche rapidly expanding presence in Asia, driving over 50 million users to the network. Avalanche has made has made it known that over 85% of the major game developers are already using Loco, the partnership that they just inked. And over the past year, the platform's daily active users have increased by 900%. Johnny, sounds like Shiba Inu, sounds like a meme coin. Pretty exciting here. And I'm only making a joke. But what do you think about the Avalanche Network adding all these gaming capabilities, expanding throughout Asia? It's pretty exciting. You know, it's really exciting because when you, when you think about avalanche per se they just were they made some big news about maybe i want to say a month ago apps maybe two months ago when amazon decided to partner with them they have a really really good technology and it wasn't like they went after amazon amazon saw their technology and came after them so i think that's first of all uh that's that's a feather in their cap and now the partner with and get into the gaming space again is going to be big because i just literally told you i'm going you know buying more gaming i think gaming is where it's at Gaming is going to be huge. Play to earn gaming. Nobody can envision that yet. Nobody gets that. Nobody understands it. Go watch Ready Player One. It's coming where people will literally be at home fighting each other online to actually make money. They're going to be spending money to make money, right? And this is, we're in the very beginnings of it. So I think anyone, any of these plays that are working to get their feet into this space is because they see that coming out. And I really believe that Avalanche is positioning themselves in a really, really good position. I love, I love Avalanche. And again, another one of the horses that, that I've got to make sure I'm riding in the future. I highly agree with you, Johnny. And another thing is obviously we will have many different layer ones, right? Avalanche, XRPL, Ethereum, and all of them have, you know, are actually, they have their different or targeting uh, a different audience. XRPL is mainly focused on like, you know, financial service, right? Uh, transferring uh, money, super fast and super efficient. And then you have, for example, Ethereum, which is like very great for uh, decentralized applications. And then, you know, you have Avalanche also very much focusing on um, gaming and esports games in this uh, in this case. And what I love about uh, these blue chip NFT, blue chip NFTs, blue chip layer ones, to be honest, I call them blue chip because they're very much, you know, investing money and in time into business development, getting institutions on board, right? These partnerships are very important because we want to make life easier for everyone. And we want to make sure um, that blockchain is like, in our like part of our everyday lives. So in order to make that work, those people can't just produce something and then bring it out. And then guys, just uh, you can use our tech. No, they have to actively go and, and convince people to use their own technology. At the end of the day, this technology and what Avalanche is doing is they're fantastic. And when I say, you know, Polygon, Solana, et cetera, obviously Avalanche is also one where I think the leadership team 
is doing a great job and uh we we might see most likely we're going to see great um price appreciation in the long run so great performance because um of the active user count it's growing Spot on someone in 50 million users is nothing to blink an eye at. I believe the estimate right now, Johnny Crypto, you can remind me of this. Is there only 300 million users in the entire market today? Somewhere around that small number, 300 to 400 million users, 50 million are going to be added to the Avalanche network. I can only imagine the impact it's going to have long term. Now, don't hold your breath for these next three months saying I'm waiting for this pump. No, but if you wait until 2025 when there's an ecosystem built and there's incentive for people to continue to buy the token, that's when we're going to see some great growth. But guys, check out this breaking news article here as we've got the Solana Foundation partnering with Whipple to create a solution for carbon credits. And I think this is so important because it's going to be one of the main narratives going forward into 2025. And it was the main narrative at Davos 2023. The Solana Foundation and Ripple are partnering with E2 Networks to use an accelerated use of crypto-based solutions for climate change. The newly founded nonprofit organization called Blockchain Times Climate Leadership Network aims to be the single largest common gathering of climate action innovators, leaders, and builders under one global umbrella. This new initiative was announced at Davos 2023, which was held in Switzerland. And of course, two of our favorite cryptos were mentioned. The Solana Foundation and Ripple are two of the founding partners leading this initiative for not only carbon credits, but a carbon neutral world, Johnny Crypto. I think it's important to show this before we talk about the Supreme Court case. Ripple is not only working with governments, they're working in the private industry and they are leading the narrative when it comes to digital IDs and carbon credits. So if you don't think the US government wants that, you're just not paying attention. We've got some more news here. I'd like to hear what it means to you, Johnny. Oh, it's just the beginning of uh, moving us forward into the the infrastructure of the 2020, uh, 2050, I think, uh, criteria or agenda. We have to be carbon neutral by 2050. So with that being said, these are all the pieces that are starting to get put in place now to get us there. That's a Herculean effort to get us to that that concept where you got to get the whole world to be carbon neutral when it has no clue what that even, you know, it's never worried about carbon before, not to the degree like that we are now with carbon credits, carbon training, being able to capture your carbon output and, and regulating it. And there's going to be charges for it. I mean, carbon credits are going to be a thing. It's going to be something you're going to trade for. It's going to, there's going to be a market for it. People who have excess credits will be able to trade it to people who need credits. And they're on, this is huge abs. And uh, there's a token out there called EWT energy web token that I know has been kind of in the mix of all this thing too. And I've done a little research on that one. I need to dive a little deeper into that one. Cause there's no doubt this narrative is, is not going to stop. And, you know, obviously to see ripples part of it, no surprise there because of their green footprint, you would expect ripple would play a part in it. Um, and for Solana to be in it too, that, that makes a very interesting partnership there. We'll have to see how that plays out. Someone, I want to get your thoughts as well. But before I do, Johnny brought up a use case that they're currently working on, which is the measurement of carbon emissions by individual human beings. This is going to include a carbon measurement system, which calculates the reduced amount of greenhouse gases generated by human actions. He said his team has been meeting every week for the past two and a half years, hosting workshops and forums focused on this and the education process. So Selman, I want to talk about the SEC case. So let's move past the carbon credits. What does this mean to you? And the fact that Solana and Ripple are the two crypto projects working in this uh, blockchain initiative. Yeah, when you scroll up, one of the speakers actually, um, the, the the third person there, um, I've, I've met him actually in Portugal. Um, basically, the, the guy in the middle with a, with a nice beard, you know, with a mustache. Um, I, I met him and um, 
actually he's working for the region network he's one of the uh, founders of region network oh you can also see yeah it's it says uh gregory lundua of uh region network and so region network is also doing a great job right on the cosmos ecosystem so you see it's um you know ripple solana many others actually want to uh take a bite of that pie and you see the narrative is clear johnny highly agree with you like we also know Ripple is one of the major partners of World Economic Forum, right? Mm -hmm. And especially leading the crypto front. And so um, the narrative's clear. We know where the narrative is coming from, the climate change narrative. And so there is money to be made, right? And um, whether you like it or not, and when you see these foundations, these layer ones are actively partnering with uh, with other projects and even collaborating together with you know layer ones um, to create the 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 infrastructure for that of, of tomorrow so this is this is great news this means money will flow in another use case for xrpl another use case for solana and that's going to drive up demand in the long run and you know um great opportunity for us to really do the research and then you know uh, position ourselves Absolutely, Johnny. Do you have any additional comments? If not, I'm going to read this last sentence here, which states exactly what they're working on within the carbon credit industry. It said this group is going to be working on carbon market registries, standards, and policy development and regenerative finance in emerging markets throughout the planet. So basically what they're saying, they want to bring carbon credits to every single country on the planet. And I think we saw a lot of that during the World Economic Forum's meeting in Davos. So what are you thinking, Johnny, and close us out here? So absolutely, you know, I can't help it. I got to say it. So the thing I'm thinking about is like when everybody has a carbon um, balance, right? You all have carbon credits or balances and you have to you know, allocate those each day. What happens like if you end up in one of those deals where, you know, you eat a lot of beans and you're really farting a lot? I'm just capturing. How do you capture that? I'm just really. Oh, I, you'll be in prison. You'll be yeah. in prison. <laughs> like I feel bad for somebody if they eat a lot of beans or they're having a gas attack for a couple of days, you know, or you have diarrhea or something. What the hell happens then? Like, how does that work? I, I just don't know how that works. So anyway, I just want to bring a little humor to this whole thing because at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, it, again, it just feels like another form of, if somebody said it, <laughs> enslavement, another round of control. But I am just curious how that whole thing is going to work. So, guys, I guess the message is don't eat beans in the future, right, Abs? Well, Johnny, I don't know about beans and, and farting, but um, they have done a lot of research um, comparing um, households' energy consumption. Whenever you received your bill, you and maybe you guys are also receiving a bill where it says, you know, compared to your neighbors, this is how much you uh, consumed uh, this last year. And so you can compare yourselves to others, right? And what the average is. And that way, you know, they actually um, have found out that it's a great incentive. People actually started uh, saving energy because they they saw, oh, God, I'm, I'm consuming more than the others. And so there is that little competition. And probably that, that's a great incentive there So when we yep. can compare ourselves to others. But then obviously the worst part of this, you know, even though, yep, yep, we want to be more energy efficient. We want to save um, a, a lot of energy. The problem is they might tax us for uh consuming so much right and um and creating so much co2 emissions and i i'm totally against that and uh, well, that's probably the, the the next step right now they're saying there is a great incentive for people but then tomorrow it's going to be taxation and i'm totally against it you know and just to wrap this up abs i think this is important you just touched on something right so everybody will have a certain allocated amount and what i saw was the amount they're going to give you abs 
is equal to literally, I forgot the amount, but whatever it's the one eighth, it's one eighth the current carbon emissions. Okay. So whatever the amount was, what I saw was if you took one vacation trip on a plane, that would literally consume one quarter of your whole entire allotted amount for the year, which basically means if you take one vacation trip, you've got to find other ways now to, to, to not admit get right. It's a big trade-off or they're going to whack you, you know, as, as, as Gonzo, as uh, someone said, there's going to be some fee or price you're going to pay. I forgot the cost per kilo kilogram or kilocarbon, whatever it is that there, but it's, it's like, there's a huge hefty pay uh, cost to pay when you exceed it. Ab. So the reality is, when this comes, people don't realize how this is going to change your lives. You're not going to be able to travel anymore. I mean, you will, but it's going to cost you a lot, lot more to pay this excess carbon tax than it costs today. I don't think people realize that. And that's not just going to stop there. That's going to apply to everything in life. They're telling us exactly what they're planning to do here, as this is the spokesperson for not only the World Economic Forum, but the United Nations. He said the era of free will is over. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We're upgrading human beings into gods. We're acquiring, for instance, the power to re-engineer life. And I remember I watched this interview back in 2018. I remember how creepy it was when I heard these statements. So this quote doesn't even do it justice. I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, Johnny, but it does remind me of a conversation we had yesterday where you brought up the fact that right now, big banks coming into this market are what's going to cause the catalyst for our 2025 bull run. Well, we see a lot of partnerships with Ripple that are dark, that are nefarious, that are leading us into this narrative. But at the end of the day, if we know that company is going to succeed, we may as well profit in the process. So I'd like for you to either be a contrarian or agree with me there. What do you think about that take that we don't agree with this nefarious activity, but if it's going to succeed, we may as well profit. Well, I think it's one of those things where there ain't nothing you could do to stop it. So at this point, it, you know, it's the old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. There is some truth to that degree. Now, what I will say about this guy and this, and I just started learning about this guy like literally four days ago and his name started to pop up. Do you know why he's significant? Do you know why what he says matters? All right. I'm going to tell you something that, that, you know, that I learned too. This guy is, is from what I'm hearing proposed to be the right-hand man and the next guy to take over for your boy, Klaus Schwab. So Klaus is 84 years old. This guy's 46, and they're grooming him to take over. So you better pay attention to what this guy says because he's going to be running the World Economic Forum, um, if, if what they're saying is true, for the next 40 years or so. And they say his ideas and thoughts are way more <laughs> worse than what Klaus has. And you can see it right there. I mean, that's scary. When you say the era of free will is over, that should worry everybody. Well, Johnny, you brought it up yourself. If we're going into this new carbon emission market where they're going to track where you go and penalize you for traveling, you're not going to have free will. You just said 40% or I believe it was one fourth of your carbon credits are used in a single vacation. How are you going to travel? Well, you better have the money to pay the carbon credit fees. And who's going to have that money? The billionaires, the men who own the industries, the men who run the country today. But the people like us, the quote unquote peasants in this lower class, we're going to have to stay put because we can't afford to go anywhere. So I don't know. Close us out here. Maybe something positive right off. Well, the good news is, Abs, you're going to get to eat a lot of bugs now. So hopefully you, you get a lot. You like protein. So you, so they're going to feed you bugs and tell you it's good for you. But on a serious note, I mean, the reality is, no. So again, bring us back to why we're all here is we're invested in crypto early, Abs, because we know that there's an asset class here and a utility case and a bunch of utility cases here that are going to be prominent as we move forward into the new system, into the Web 3.0. And so as we talk about here, you might as well put yourself in a position to be able to create some generational wealth such that when these times come and, you know, most folks can't afford to go on that on that trip because they can't pay the extra carbon credits. Well, hopefully you've made some good investments 
and you put them in the right places so that you can't afford to keep at least the life you're normally used to today that, you know, and maybe even upgrade it. But that's the goal here, Abs, as we're trying to figure out how to play and navigate this space. Hey guys, we got 338 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. If there's one reassuring thing about that news, Johnny, nobody in this live chat's going through it alone. We're all going through this thing together and we have the same self-awareness that this is what is taking place. That's 90% of the battle. But guys, we're going to dive into our Ripple news here because this is some groundbreaking news out of the lead lawyer for Ripple, Stuart Alderati. He said the SEC has lost four of its five cases at the Supreme Court thanks to a few that had the courage and resources to fight back against the SEC's bullying and stretch of legal positions that were not faithful to the law. This is very important, Johnny, because it reiterates another statement this man made several years ago. He said, in 2015, the United States government concluded XRP was a virtual currency. Last I checked, the SEC is still part of the United States government. Here's the plus side. The industry will finally get the clarity it deserves. Goodbye, Howie Test. Hello, Ripple Test. So I'm going to connect these two articles because he just tweeted this out of absolutely nowhere. Out of nowhere, Stuart Alderati tweeted that Ripple could beat the SEC in the Supreme Court, or at least he's hinting at that, Johnny. Feel free to take this wherever you like, and then I'll lead us in a direction. Well, I mean, when you look at all the court case facts that have come out in this case, and when you just look at SEC's track record during the whole you know, past two years that we've seen, <laughs> they pretty much got slapped every single time. Maps. I don't know if you remember, but we talked about it on the show. Pow, pow. You know, we saw uppercuts and right hooks coming from the uh, Ripple attorneys the whole entire time. So I think, I think that if this were to go to court and the Henman emails were to come out, I think Ripple certainly has a very good, strong leg to stand on. The problem with going to court is what I told you, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, or maybe maybe a month, two months ago, is the problem here, Abs, is that when this happens, um, we're going to go, you know, until we actually get to the Supreme Court. So it's got to go to the appeals court, then the next level court. It's going to take a while to get there. We're probably talking a few more years. The so number thing- one thing that caught my attention, sorry to cut you off, was the fact that if this gets dragged out, if this gets ruled to go to the Supreme Court, guys, buckle up. We got another 24 months, bare minimum ahead. But I don't know. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole yet, John. No, I mean, we just don't know. Let's hope that we don't get there. And I don't know where this thing's going to go. But the fact that they didn't come to a settlement, Abs, should be worrisome to everybody. They should have came to a settlement. The SEC knows it's getting its tail handed to it. And yet it didn't find a way to settle, which means it, it, I think they want to go further. I think this thing's going to court. Why would they have not settled? They know, they, they know the Hinman emails are out there. They know what's in them. Brad told us what's in them. Stuart Allery told us what's in them. There's definitely not good news in there. And yet the SEC still wants to move forward. Just just put the pieces together. What does that tell you? And we showed more evidence yesterday of this, Johnny, as John Deaton went on the Patrick Bet David podcast and showed what happened when he tried to get access to the Hinman emails. The simple answer, the simple response was, is William Hinman part of the Ethereum Alliance or has he ever been affiliated? He received 90% redacted documents in return. That means for every 10 words on the page, nine were blacked out with a highlighter. So Selman, we're about to update our listeners on some more news in regards to this, but I wanted to get your thoughts. Why do you believe Stuart Alderati is tweeting out the Supreme Court case news right now? And how do you feel about the statement back in 2015 that the U.S. government already concluded XRP was a virtual currency? Now you see the, um, the it's, it's, conflicting right it's weird uh, the government in the past said it's a virtual currency and now it's it's not right and you know the, the ripple test name is very cool i can only tell you this like 
I haven't been checking out the uh, lawsuit case for a while now, uh, but I've been checking out actually what happened to Jeff Bezos in the past, what uh, Elon, what happened to Elon Musk in the past. And I can tell you this, guys, um, Ripple is like, congrats. Like, I'm, there are two questions. Like, why Ripple is like, why is Ripple fighting against the SEC that much? Like, others already gave up, settled, etc. Right? I mean, I'm talking about these big institutions as well. So it looks like Ripple is really backed by big institutions and banks. Like, uh, and we know they're partnering with World Economic Forum. So it kind of looks like someone's really protecting Ripple, and they got the money to actually fight. Right? Because imagine. You and I or any random institution has no chance. There are hundreds of agents ready to like destroy you, right? You have no chance. And so I just wanted to bring that up. You see, this hasn't just, you know, this didn't happen to Ripple and a couple other cryptocurrencies only like Jeff Bezos. It's just like one of the examples, but hundreds, if not thousands of institutions that were really just working without any, any manipulation or whatever, any fraud, have been really working to add value to the society, have been sued, and then unfortunately need to pay a huge fine or they, they got destroyed forever. And I just want to bring that up so you guys should know that this is a big concern. It's not just the crypto industry only. The whole system is not working for you but against you and and if if it doesn't fit to the narrative unfortunately you're getting destroyed by agents and um just want to bring that up I've, I've read something this morning i was like shocked and now i know okay like i immediately think of ripple because this is like a very actual topic right now and it, it's just insane and uh yeah it is insane, and I don't think it's a coincidence that right now, Johnny, with only a, a few months away from the deadline, we know this case is set to end in June 30th, and we could get a possible settlement on the 30th. But guys, everybody who's informed about this, whether it's Jeremy Hogan or John Deaton, says a settlement is out the door. We are currently waiting on a resolution from the judge, and when that happens, we're going to be covering it on this show. But guys, we got the NFT king joining us 40 minutes late to the show. Don't worry. He still made it, my friends. NFT Tones, how you feeling? Thank you for being here. We're talking about Ripple. So before we dive into that, how are you? I'm fantastic. And just to let you know, only 34 minutes late today. Only 34. Uh, I got I'm, you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, that's I mean, nothing to be proud of, all right? Just, yeah, definitely not. Yeah, but, yeah. But he is filling in for Gonzo. By the way, our, our prayers and, and healing vibrations go out to Gonzo. We hope you feel better, brother, wherever you are out there. Yo, Crystal, I love that. I love that. Liking it just for Tones. Thank um, you. Thank you, guys. All right, uh, guys. All right, Tones, you're killing me here, so I'm going to keep going. Personally, John Deaton is talking about how he believes the SEC could talk about a settlement, but what's more likely is that the SEC is going to outright lose this case when it comes to a decision from the judge. John Deaton commented personally, based on the way the SEC chose to plead in this case, i.e. past, present, and future sales of XRP are considered unregistered securities, I believe the only victory for the SEC is if Ripple was offering an unregistered security between 2013 and 2017. So nothing here, man. They're really reaching for straws. NFT tones. we haven't gotten your take yet. John Deaton's tweeting out saying that if it goes to the Supreme Court, Ripple is in a position to win. What does that mean to you, Towns? I mean, with everything going on, we've already kind of seen that Ripple was going to win. With it going to the Supreme Court, it only makes sense. I mean, the... Longer this goes on, the more I feel like the Ripple case is just going to end in a win for us. And so I feel like this is going to be really, really big news because once we really start to see more 
things come out. And as we start to see this go escalate, I think the SEC is going to become more uh, scared. And I think they'll actually start to try to come up with a deal so that then they don't have to lose everything. Because if the SEC loses, it's going to spell disaster for them. So I, I really think that they're, they're going to come up with a deal or something so that then this isn't as bad as it is going to be for them. Absolutely, guys. And anybody who's been following this industry over the last couple of months knows the SEC has shifted their focus away from companies like Ripple and onto stablecoins and exchanges offering staking services. So, Johnny, take it anywhere you'd like. Broad spectrum here. How do you feel about John Deaton stating 2013 to 2017 is the only time XRP could be considered an unregistered security? Well, I mean, the funny thing is we've been saying that every nobody's arguing that maybe in that time frame it was. I don't know how many times we have to say it on this show. What we're saying is the way it's operating today is not an unregistered security. We know the SEC rules allow you to have something that could be launched as a, a security and not be. The whole thing is just a In fact, you know, I don't want to waste no more time because it's pointless. I do want to talk about this because I think this is something that needs. This is, this is the kind. This is why we're here, right? We're here to help you guys understand. So that's just correct. Johnny did say the other day that the ODL doesn't mean XRP is being used. And, and Dr. Patriot says there, the ODL does use XRP. I, I think you might have misunderstood. What Johnny said was what I said right there. The ODL, just because they're using the ODL, what I'm trying to say is when you use Ripple's ODL product, it's designed to work with XRP. However, it can also work with other cryptocurrencies. So if I'm a central bank, Abs, or I'm a country, and I say to Ripple, hey, I'm signing a deal. I'm going to use your Ripple net. And oh, by the way, I want to add on the ODL feature set. I can add the ODL onto my Ripple net. And oh, by the way, instead of using XRP on the ODL, I'm going to choose to set up my system. And I'm going to use, I'm making this up, uh, XLM. Or I'm going to use Cardano. They can do that. They don't, just because you see the word ODL doesn't guarantee 100% they will use XRP. And I have this firsthand as I spoke directly to a Ripple engineer. So I know this is a fact. Okay. So you can use other currencies on it. And Ripple is all about trying to promote the growth of cryptocurrency. So they've created a bridge. The bridge is called ODL. And they prefer you use Ripple on or XRP on it. But you can use other cryptocurrencies. They are not forbidding companies, countries, central banks, whoever is going to use it to not use other cryptocurrencies. So I hope that's very clear out there for you guys. To understand that the ODL, while it can and will use XRP, it also can facilitate and host other cryptocurrencies. So, Johnny, by saying other cryptocurrencies, would you also say stable coins would be part of it? Um, yeah, I believe he did say. I didn't go into that, but yeah, I believe it could. I think there was about eight of them or so that it, it that it can work with. I don't know all of them, but I do know. Mm -hmm. But because then I would like to know, um, imagine you're an institution, you want to send $100 million. If you uh, buy XRP, but then send it over, what if the, the market is volatile in that moment and all of a sudden you lost a million dollars? Could happen. Well, see, so here's the thing. The reason why XRP makes sense to use on the ODL is because of its speed, right? So when you look at its speed, if a transaction happens in three seconds, the volatility the, of what XRP is going to be able to move in in three seconds is not going to be, you know, a hundred dollars. It ain't going to move that quick. And the price isn't going to be to the point where it's going to be out of whack. Uh, it'll be almost in a sense like a stable coin because it's going to be such a quick 
transaction, boom, it's done and it's locked in. It's not like a bank today. I send money and seven days later, the transaction actually happens and the, and the FX change rate can change so much where it has a big impact. When we're talking three seconds, the impact is very, very small. I don't think stable coins have the speed to be able to, to, to move enough transactions quick enough where it would make sense. Uh, some it, it, could, it could be a wrapped, for example, you know, there is like wrapped Bitcoin, wrapped Ethereum on Uniswap, for example, or other uh, decentralized exchanges. Could be like a wrapped Tether or something that runs on XRPL that you can also move. So other assets, right? And maybe people might go for them because of, you know, even if it's just three seconds, they just want to trade with dollars because eventually they convert the XRP back to dollars. Could happen. So yeah. that they work with wrapped tether on on xrpl veteran crypto this is it he literally just he said i'm impressed i should have said that this is exactly the way to think it's a perfect analogy odl is the rails and xrp is one of the trains on the rails and you can have other ones so it's exactly the way to think about it um because i know there's a lot of confusion where people think that the minute you hear odl all of this is xrp frankly i at some point i kind of thought the same thing there was a lot of discussion around there about is it is and it isn't but I, we spoke to the engineer and we now know the facts, and the facts are um, XRP is just one of the trains on the rail. But obviously, if you're Ripple, you're going to be you're going to be pushing it, and we'll we'll continue to see growth because it has good technology. So I'm not worried about it. We just want to continue to see growth of the ODL because without the growth of the LDL, there's no chance for growth of XRP. So continue to root for that, and Ripple is out there pushing the ODL abs. That's what we want to see. Absolutely, Johnny. And just to confirm this, guys, Ripple has already stated that 60% of ODL is going through XRP. So 40% of ODL is going through other currencies. It speaks to both sides of it, right? If you believe in the ODL product, obviously XRP is going to benefit off that. But we've got a number of other currencies that can be facilitated as well. So it's an interesting narrative for sure, Johnny. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and get into this Quant Networks news as this is a possible connection between Amazon Web Services and Quant Network. This guy tweeted out, I think this and an ex-employee saying it confirms that Amazon is a partner of Quant. This is a report described on uh, Quant's website stating that they're currently partnered with Amazon Web Services as well as Oracle, a founding member of the Digital Pound Foundation. So really quickly, I know Johnny and Selman probably have comments on this article. Amazon working with Quant as an aggregate, it's one of the best things we can hear for our industry. So what does it mean to you, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I you know, we're going to hear a lot of these success stories, I think, or partnership stories, I should say, over time as we move to the road of, of adoption. And obviously, Quant is one of the ones that is one of my favorite horses in this race um, because of what it can do. And obviously, whenever you're partnering with Amazon or, or web services, that's going to be a big integration and adoption and always good news and, and a high potential for success. So we're going to want to continue to see that. And certainly, you know, anytime you, you have a chance to bring technologies together, to to uh to enable adoption is going to be a good path and when you can do it in, in partnership with a company like amazon that usually means good things because it's a trusted company selman i'd love to hear some of your thoughts as well amazon web services has had a number of partnerships in the blockchain space i believe they were connected to polygon i know they've been connected to solana and now they're connected to quant services what does that mean to you about the future of this industry and the fact that amazon's typically ahead of the game there's a famous sorry to get off a uh, little bit to the side here, but there's a famous Jeff Bezos quote. He said, most companies, most businesses, they plan three years ahead. What does Amazon do? They plan seven years ahead because they want to be ahead of their competition. I think this could be another example of that. So what's it mean to you, Salman? Bullish on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, Amazon is really invested in, uh, 
in the in the space. And you know, it's also funny. A lot of notes are actually, you know, they run on Amazon Web Services. So you know, we were talking about decentralization, but like it's also weird because Amazon is like, uh, you know, uh, all those servers are running um, on Amazon. So you know, not all, but like forty percent or something. So it's it's it might be dangerous, but uh, that's not the point here. Amazon is pretty much, you know, a big giant trillion dollar industry, right? And uh, has great partnerships. And if Amazon is stepping in and, and collaborating, partnering with Quan, you can expect more to come because of the network effect. You can see that um, Quan is eventually going to partner with other big giants because Amazon is going to open the d door for them, right? And um the opportunities are endless in the space and uh, more money will flow in. And I believe, you know, Quan once, um, you know, the, all the utility that we're actually hoping for in the long run, once that is officially running and um, we see more convenient um, steps for the masses to use these uh, infrastructures, um, then I believe, you know, these cryptocurrencies like Quan, et cetera, with that limited supply also, we could see something great happening. So, hey, um, Abs, do me a yeah. favor. Bring, bring that tweet back up. The, the most important part of that tweet was something we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Um, if you can. Um, so what's important about that is, and I talked about this. Wave. Okay, see that part where the, the guy on the right says here, I think this and an ex-employee saying it, confirms Amazon is a partner of Quant. And the most important part is right below it, not just a paid entity entry. And so the reason why that's important is a lot of, a lot of cryptocurrencies in the past – have partnered with Amazon and you'll hear it and they go and they break out this news. But what I found out later, they were actually a paid partner. So they were paying Amazon so they can say, Hey, we're a part. We want to be able to say we're a partner with you just to put out false news that, Hey, we're a partner with you. What makes this news exciting? If it's true, similar to the AVAX news is it was, it was Amazon wanting them wanting to seek them out and use their technology. That's a completely different ball game, right? It's a lot more significant. If I'm if if I'm hearing that Quant is a partner with Amazon, if Amazon seek them versus if Quant went to Amazon and said, "Here, I'm going to pay you so you can say I'm a partner," you see the difference? It's huge. And in this case, if it's not a paid entry, then again, it's just further validation that not only should you have AVAX in your bags, but you should also have Quant in your bags. That is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. You have to do your own homework. But to me, that's just something that I would consider if uh, if they're not paid entries. Guys, we got 356 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this video talking about how Bitcoin and other decentralized currencies could have been created by centralized entities like governments as a distraction. And we're going to talk about it. So we're going to let 30 seconds here. Here we go. As a policy matter, I do think that cryptos were encouraged and pumped and dumped and continue to be pumped and dumped to uh, to build the to do the prototyping that's needed for the central bankers to figure out how to do CBDCs, but they also play a lot of other roles, helping to move money around secretly, helping to launder money, helping to get a lot of the people who are freedom fighters working for you and building your train tracks instead of building towards freedom. I love that line there. Take the freedom fighters, convince them they're building something decentralized and little do they know they're building your product and they're copying the same concepts when it comes to CBDCs. Johnny, this is a prime example of why companies like, or not companies, the Federal Reserve, the banking industry, they need to go to the private sector because they're not talented enough to create these blockchains on their own. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. They've stated it before. 
JP Morgan, Bank of America, the Federal Reserve have all said they need private developers in order to build this stuff. How do you do it? You trick them into building it themselves and copy exactly what they've built. So I thought it was an interesting concept. What's it mean to you, Roto? Yeah, it's fa- it's fantastic. I mean, it's 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 perfect way to kind of make it happen and kind of create it under this disguise of it's something great and then and then flip it on you. And so the reality is, you know, she brings up great points. Most likely, that is the scenario. That's what's happening. But again, what we want, what we want to do here at the academy is try to find the silver lining in all this stuff. And so the reality is, abs, there's a lot of money that to potentially be made throughout this process, throughout this adoption stage, and throughout the evolution from Web two to Web three. So you kids, you could sit here all day and talk about the negatives of it, and then you're just going to want to puke and feel horrible. Or you sit here and you look for the silver linings in all this stuff because that's the the more healthier thing to do. Um, so that at the end of the day, you 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 turn a, a bad thing into a good thing. Spin it. You spin it right. You spin that son bitch right back around the other way and flip it into something positive. So that's all we could do. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and be a naysayer. We know it's not great, but we're going to flip it and go the other way. Salmon and NFT Tones, I'd love to get some additional comments. And then Tones, I'm coming to you at the end of the episode. We showed an AVAX article showing how 50 million users were coming onto the AVAX blockchain. And that's going to be exciting. So I want to hear your thoughts. But Selman, what does it mean to you, the XRP? Hey, uh, about decentralization, right? So we're talking about like freedom, et cetera. It makes sense. Yes. Um, you know, there has been many different kinds of, you know, frauds done by institutions and big banks, right? And unfortunately, um, the government is always going after you and me. Whenever we, you know, made a few bucks, they want you to pay taxes. Or if you don't pay taxes, you're screwed. But then the big institutions, they're totally fine, right? Because there is a lot of lobbying, etc. And so this is why Bitcoin came out of nowhere. Uh, one of the reasons. And so it makes everything more transparent. However, making it transparent is also dangerous because. I can see apps. If I know your wallet address, I can see any, especially tomorrow when you use that wallet to pay groceries, I can literally see what you've spent. I can see your footprint. Basically, I can literally see where you're going, right? Just like your credit card. So the digital payment cash is therefore very valuable because um, I can literally see every move you make and it's just open to the public. Everyone can see it. Everyone can judge and all of that. So obviously you could say, hey, if if I don't have anything to like, I'm not doing anything criminal. So what's the point? Right. But that's not the point. The point is you're giving up on your freedom. Everyone can observe. Everyone can watch like a big brother. And that is also dangerous. So and if they want you to KYC your wallet, that's going to be even worse. But we are actually you know, supporting this narrative, right? We want crypto to be established. And then all of a sudden the whole world runs on CBDCs and all, you know, these KYC wallets. And then obviously it's quite the opposite. It's a tyranny. Actually, we have been supporting tyranny and that that's a point where we need to watch out. We'll see the future is still bright, right? Even if it looks like, oh God, they're going to control us. I I really see the future is bright. I want to look at things like Mark Yusko does. Decentralization is coming and the future is bright. It's not going to be like they wish, right? Eventually they're going to fail. That's what I'm hoping for. I really believe in that. And so, um, yeah, this this is these uh, this is my two cents. NFT Jones, I wanted to get your take as well, but I also wanted to address this question, Johnny, really briefly. It says, "Hey guys, do you still think the bull run wouldn't start until 2024?" 
There is some evidence for that. And we've talked about this several times on the show. Every time there's a Bitcoin having, and Mark Yusko actually taught us this, we basically add a zero to the price chart on Bitcoin. And we've seen it four times in the past. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Not only did we go into 2025 breaking all-time high, but we did some sort of a multiple of that 70,000x on Bitcoin. Now, the most important narrative within that, within that discussion is the fact that if Bitcoin reaches a multi-trillion dollar market cap, the evidence is there that the altcoins wouldn't be very far behind, whether that's Ethereum reaching a trillion or XRP possibly getting mass adoption. A lot of these tokens are going to experience massive growth. So I do still think that the bull run will start sometime around mid 2024, Johnny. But NFT Tone, sorry to get a little distracted there. I'm kicking it to you on this next article because Avalanche recently announced some groundbreaking news, adding 50 million users to their network through a blockchain gaming partnership. Now, the most exciting thing here is that this specific group is working with companies like Riot Games, Blizzard, and Crafton. So I know you're very educated in the gaming space. Maybe you can fill our listeners in. What does it mean that 50 million users are coming to Avalanche and that these three divisions are working in this partnership? So this is huge because these are three huge games, Riot Games behind League League of Legends. League is one of the biggest games out there. Then we got Activision, Blizzard, which is behind Overwatch and Call of Duty, right? And then Krafton, honestly, I have no idea what they're behind, but I know they're another big company. And to be honest, with all these big companies coming to the blockchain, it's huge. But the fact they're coming to Avalanche and they're bringing in 50 million users, this is huge. Think about that. The amount of money that is going to come in for these games, these tokens, the economies, and then for Avalanche itself, this could really bring up the coin itself. I really, I've always seen Avalanche as a huge, huge gaming coin because of the fact that it allows subnets and the fact that the gas price is so cheap and it's got fast transactions. So I really think that Avalanche is definitely a coin to look at. Remember, always do your own um, research. This is not financial advice, but of course, I do like Avalanche and I think that it does have potential to go somewhere in the future. Thank you, Tones. And the last article we're going to be covering for today is the fact that the crypto technology firm Polygon has a little bit of negative news surrounding their court, surrounding their company. The crypto technology firm Polygon is eliminating 20% of its workforce, about 100 employees starting in 2023. And because we only have a couple of minutes, I don't think it's important to dive into the details here. 100 employees are being laid off. 400 are set to stay. They currently have over $250 million worth of equity that they've raised throughout the last two years, Johnny. So there's plenty of money within this company, yet we're seeing them lay off 100 employees. It's pretty crazy. I had a unique opportunity a couple of weeks ago to speak to a developer at Polygon, and he broke down a lot of the partnerships today. And I don't know if I'm supposed to share this, but he's not watching, so it's perfectly fine. One of the things he mentioned is that a lot of the partnerships that come into Polygon are only focused on increasing the price of the token as opposed to creating real sustainable utility. So it was an interesting narrative to hear somebody inside the company saying negative things to somebody who has a YouTube show. So I don't know. I thought I'd share it here. Johnny, what does it mean to you? Well, it just tells me what we've been saying all along is there's still a lot of bad actors out there, Abs. You have to understand something. You have to think of cryptocurrency as like in the 1800s of the west of, you know when we were in the wild wild west in, in america right where rules weren't defined and and it was wild wild west you could almost get away with anything that's still what's happening here is there's a lot of uh bad actors in this place that are going to take advantage of a speculative situation crypto is speculative let's face it there's not a lot of things running on it yet right we're in the beginning in the start of cryptocurrency and the utility of it but it, nothing's really implemented a few couple d apps on ethereum but let's face it the whole entire banking system doesn't run on it 
The train system doesn't run. The energy system doesn't run. Nothing runs on crypto yet, right? It's just all getting started. So because we're so early in the beginning, this is what we call the speculative chart. And you and I need to find that chart that we put up about nine months ago. It was the perfect chart where it showed the bump up and how all the money is made in the speculative stage. And then there's no money made during the development and utility of it or development state until the utility picks up. And even then you never get to the, the highest point that you got in the speculative. And because of that, because people are willing to gamble, that's why this works in nature. There's always going to be a lot of money made at the speculative stage. However, it's also going to be what you just said. People don't care about Polygon. They care about making their token, pumping it up as high as they can. Why? Because they want to make money during a speculative stage where it's primed to do so. And that's why you see a lot of the, you know, you're going to see a lot of bad stuff happening still. You're going to see it in the next bull run too. You're going to have a lot of bad stories and a lot of big pumps. That's because of the fact that it's a speculative, you know, it's a pooling for speculation. And so you're going to see that happening. I'm not surprised to hear the story you said. It is sad, but it's important that we as crypto investors, all of us, this is why you have to do your homework, Abs, and make sure you understand what you're getting into. And does it have true value or does it have fake value just to steal your money? You're going to get taken if you don't do your homework. Actually, what I can add to this, I actually heard that um, we know that Starbucks also launched something on Polygon. We know that Disney, right, launched something. $2,000 on for an NFT on Starbucks. It's crazy. Speculation. And, but but Johnny, the, the funny thing is, you know, you would think or we all would think, OK, there is a great partnership between Starbucks and Polygon and people. They they probably scanned the whole of uh, the, the whole space and um, then decided to launch their NFT collection on Polygon. But it's actually a paid partnership. They reached out to Starbucks and, um, you know, it's just that perfect sales. Right. That was a perfect partnership business right what they're doing and so starbucks disney and um, many others um launched their nft and maybe uh, tones you can uh, correct me if i'm wrong i know that i as far as i know i forgot porsche is also you know has launched their collection on polygon as well right yeah they did uh and they actually took a major l on that sum and so they launched their they launched their nft protocol <laughs> and people were super disappointed because i don't think they really took advantage of what what could be created with the nft it was more like they were purchasing digital art and there wasn't that many incentives besides and, that. And the price too. The price wasn't the crazy, but, crazy price. Yeah. But it's still very interesting to see like um, even when, you know, right after the FB, FTX scandal, um, when prices dropped and everybody was scared of uh, Solana and there was this massive FUD around it. Um, one of the major NFT collections, Degots uh, on Solana actually moved to Polygon. They announced it, right? And what happened is later we found out Damn, they got millions from Polygon to actually move to that uh, from Solana to Polygon just to kill their competitor, right? Just yeah. to you know create that fun news. Oh God, like the big like imagine Board Ape Yacht Club changing from Ethereum to XRPL because there is some fun news around ETH, and then that is gonna you know increase that fun and then everybody yeah. the momentum also and the, you you see the shady things happening, but when when they keep uh, like pumping money into this obviously at some point we'll find out if it's really working by you know paid partnerships they can grow their network is that going to work or eventually yeah. they will fail uh you Thank see you some coming. some people yeah. are giving up so we'll see 
Thank you, bro. And there's one last question I wanted to answer here. Mikey B said, where should I be moving my money after the rule run? Is USDC a safe place to go? Well, BitBoy Crypto actually commented on this yesterday. We put out a video stating that BT, sorry, USDC is America's chosen stablecoin and BitBoy Crypto seem to agree. But guys, we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Selman G. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to NFT Tones. We got 322 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. And guys, we got Waters Above Crypto joining the show 1030 tomorrow morning. We're going to start a half an hour early, 1030 tomorrow morning.